be recording this shit now. We're not recording. We're not. We gotta put the notes up. I gotta type some notes. It's just. It's right. fine. We'll we'll probably be funny somewhere, and then I'll throw this in. Stop bitching. I'm a producer. Let me produce. Goddamn. Superman. Superman. But da 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 da. Man, I wish fucking Man of Steel was so. I wish Man of Steel was good. <laughs> fucking, that trailer was so good. I. Bro, that movie fucking makes me so beyond pissed off because of how amazing that trailer is. It's probably, like, one of the best trailers in, like, movie history. And then it's fucking just... It's just a fucking nothing movie of bullshit. <laughs> remember remember when his dumbass fucking dad is, like, saving the dog? And he's like, he looks over at Clark and he's like, no. And he just fucking dies for no reason. Dude, I haven't seen Man of Steel in forever. Bro, he like... He fucking saves the dog from the twister. Clark is like 26 feet away from him, if that. He can move at the blink of an eye, get his dad, and put him to safety. And the dad puts his hands up and he's like, No, son. This, this not not now, son. Be Go be something because I'm so ambiguous throughout this movie. Be the, the hero or don't be anything. Don't save me. And then he fucking just dies. <laughs> so fucking stupid. Get him out of here. And, and like, there's no, there's no, co like, clear driving force. Because they do flashbacks to him and the dad. And the dad is just like, oh, sometimes you, sometimes you're not meant to be a hero. Sometimes, like, he's like, hide, Clark. Hide yourself. And it's like, all right. And then they cut to his mom. And the mom's like, be whoever you want to be. And he's like, all right. And then it cuts to a fucking priest because God knows, like, fucking Zack Snyder needs religion in all of his movies. And, like, the priest is like, no, be a hero. And he's like, all right. And then he just fucking meanders and does bullshit. I fucking hate that movie. It's a fucking, what a waste of my fucking life. Not many things are a waste of my time, but that movie is a fucking piece of shit. Oh, dude, that's, I, I think just the biggest... I, I hate wasting my time. That 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 pisses me off the most. Exactly. Oh my god. Your time off. is precious. That pisses me off the most. You send one of theirs to the more. Hold on. Remember when fucking? Oh my god. Man, Man of Steel has one of the greatest acted, uh, fucking villains of all time in Zod. Michael Shannon is so fucking good. And then like, like they waste him, like. When he, when, before he gets frozen in like the space dick, I will find him! So good. And then he's fucking nothing at the end. He's fucking stupid. He's not smart. He learns that if he stays on Earth, he can have powers. And then he's just like, nah, I need to terraform back to Krypton where I was a fucking dork ass general who fucking got my ass beat by a fucking scientist. That was so fucking, it's so fucking stupid, man. What a fucking piece of. Dude, fuck, I, it could have been amazing. You send one of theirs to the morgue. You don't know what hard times are, daddy. A paradigm shift. Anyway, aside from that, Dana, the, Dana White. Aside from your Man of Steel, shut up. Shut up. Let me finish. Let me finish here, okay? Aside from your uh, Man of Steel rant, I want to welcome everyone back to another episode of Missing the Marks with your host, Kyle. And uh, Nate, who has to listen to insufferable Kyle be ranting about bullshit. Bullshit! You're on my side. What do you mean insufferable? You're you agree with me? 
I haven't seen Man of Steel in forever. But anyway, let me get back to the intro. Let me get back into the intro. I'll probably, I'll probably agree with you if I watched it again. I'll, I'll, me, and, me and you see eye to eye. We see eye to eye. piece of shit. We see eye to eye. <laughs> Yelling at me and then say, oh, yeah, I'd agree with you. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I want to welcome you back to another episode of Missing the Marks. So um, on. As always, you can find us on all streaming services. <laughs> uh, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, uh, the, the Ninja... Ninja Internet, the the Noid, the the <laughs> the fridge internets that they got. Everything's getting the internet nowadays. It's so stupid. That's how you get hacked and IOT and everything. Whatever. But yeah, we also have some interviews up on YouTube and also on the podcasting services. If you want to see our ugly faces and all the beautiful people we interview, um, go to our YouTube channel at Missing the Marks, and we got Avery Bro, Chip Garrison. Congrats on a big title win. Avery Bro is also doing pretty good too. So shout out to you. Also known as Sierra Saint. Pierre in NXT. She's been on NXT Level Up as well as AW Dark, and I think this weekend she was filming uh, AW Dark this this uh, for the AW Dark tapings this weekend. So she's been busy. She's on the up and up. Chips on the up and up. We also have Brooke Havoc, um, and uh, as well as Alan Angels, and you can catch all those interviews uh, in the backlog or on YouTube, whatever you prefer. Um, other than that, yeah, we're back and. Man, like I said, we got a lot to talk about. I don't even want to break down the AEW Dynamite this weekend, to be honest. Like, just give us the highlights, and but we'll 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 get into we'll get into AEW Dynamite in a minute. Um, the marks went. Oh, I went fishing. I went fishing. It was pretty good. It was red snapper season. Went down deep sea fishing about 40 miles off the coast of uh, Port A, and I caught Fuck the, that. I caught no, some big. I caught some big fishies, dude. I got some fishies, and then the guy behind us, he was. He was being a little bit of an ass, cause like you know, you're you're you gotta stay within your fishing lane, right? Or your fishing area, the area you claim and sit your your whole fishing area. But this guy was like throwing his line into our area, and then his line was getting tangled with our line. And one time, like I I got I had never been deep sea fishing before, so I threw out. I actually caught like a big snapper, but it got tangled with this guy's line, like two of the and like another his other buddy's line. So you know he got like. The deck hands bring up the the lineup, and there's my snapper jumping all over. Well, actually, there's three snappers attached. So it was me, a person next to us from Cibolo and his family. I think him and his wife caught a fish. I caught a fish, but that guy's line got taken with all three of ours. So the deck hands bring it up, and they go to get the tools that they need to unhook it. This guy comes and he gets his knife out, and we're like, oh, he's gonna do some solid, cause like. My, I could clearly see that my bait was gone. So the one of the fish had my bait in its mouth or something. So I knew one of them was mine. And with the way the the wires were like, you know, pulling and stuff, I'm pretty sure that the the people from Cibolo had those two other fish. So this other guy comes and he like gets his knife, cuts all the line, and takes the biggest fish out of the hall and takes it for himself, and then just like throws it to the rest of us. And we got that 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 is. That, that's some furniture moving stuff right there. I don't know. that That's just disrespectful. So that guy, he's an asshole. But, you know, he came back later and he actually caught a big fish. And he's like, hey, guys, you know, here's a big fish if you want it. And he tried to be, like, apologetic about it but not apologetic about it. And I was like, just give me my reparations and get the fuck out my face, you know? Reparations. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> asshole. I, fuck, fuck fishing. Fuck the ocean. I I hate the ocean so much. Fuck that. That's, like, one of my biggest fears, being 40 miles. Like, when you're so far out that you can't see, like, the mainland, like, fuck that. Oh, I, dude, yeah, no. we were, we were, we were. <laughs> I got a first glimpse at the supply chain issues because as we were leaving port, there was, like, 12 or, like, 12, I counted 12 cargo ships filled with all sorts of containers, oil, whatever you want to call it. The big cargo, big chunk of ships. 
all the way in the port <coughs> at Corpus and stuff, and it was just like, oh, this is every ship's a dollar. The dollar, the gas is gonna go up, you know. So I, those ships wait probably wait out there for weeks just to get to port so they could get unloaded and getting on the trucks. But there's not enough truck drivers, not enough port workers and stuff like that. So all this gets backlogged and. Oh, here we are. Supply chain's not getting any worse. Now, girls are running out of tampons and everything, dude. It's it's it's, it's getting bad out there, man. I feel bad for the women. Can't catch Bro, a break. women have it rough. Can't they catch they a have break. it the roughest. I always I always tell Annie, like, hey, if you want to take an hour every day just to fucking, like, just beat me up a little bit, take out the aggression, go for it. I, I get it. Fuck Yeah, that. I know you like, like pain, too. <laughs> I mean, I mean, when it comes from her, but, I mean, we're not going to get into the specifics of that. <laughs> yeah, she gives you the muscle buster. Off the top rope. <laughs> but yeah, dude, no, fuck fishing. Like, I'll, I'll go out to the beach and hang out, but if I'm, if I can't see like the mainland, like, I, I would, I would just collapse and like, like implode on myself. I don't think I'd be able to do it. Like, oh, fuck. Yeah, we're man. on the like, sun like, and the humidity and we're deep sea fishing. Gotta deal with these assholes. I gotta catch red snappers. I was tired. The fact that you can stack, like, six or seven statue of liberties and it's still not break the surface of the ocean fuck that that terrifies me to no end like in my brain if i go like seven feet out into the ocean i'm in that deep ocean and i i can't do that i i would fuck fuck that you got no that what, you. what's that phobia triphobia try try last uh, try last phobia something you're scared like of the deep water feet. yeah dude fuck that it's terrible you don't think that's terrifying like the fact that it is terrifying that. <laughs> never underestimate the power, power of water, bro. Power water scary. I, ain't never, I don't underestimate the power of nature. Yeah, that. exactly. You know, I respect nature. Respect the wind. It's a good Van Halen song, but that's not water. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, I had to deal with all that this weekend. And then Saturday, and I was out with the fam bam, and they are like, oh, you want? they want to go shopping here, and then they want to go do this. I'm just like, I'm in bed. I got the dogs. The Star Wars marathon on. You know how you know how long I, it, it's been since I've been able just to not do a thing. Like I was like, you know what? I got a I got a warrior in the world. My ass in the sand with that Brad Paisley song. No, no, no that's uh Zach Brown band. Yeah, that's Zach Brown band. But that's how I go. felt. I was like, they want to go here. I was like, no, I don't want to do anything. And I kind of felt like I had to explain that I didn't want to do anything because that they kind it's, it's going out with vacation with family is getting tricky because sometimes because they don't want you to feel left out and you don't want to feel like you're just pushed them aside but you know I was on vacation and then we had a, yeah. we had a discussion we're like I understand you wanted just to do nothing so sit there with my with my hand yeah, the Al Bundy dogs AC nothing I don't want no beer I don't want no to go look at seashells I don't care about the beach there was so many confederate flags out there dude like Four days a little bit more. What's wrong with that? 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 You don't like America? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that fact? It's part of our history. You don't like that? Yeah, I saw a lot Get of. I, I saw a lot Fuck of. Fuck you. I saw. I saw a flag that said Trump, God, and guns. And I was like, Where's Where's America? Where's America on that goddamn flag, dude? I was like, I don't remember Port A being that, you know, openly. Uh, Open, trashy, openly, I guess, uh, yeah. Trashy, say it. Call it for what it is. Call it for what it is. Uh, openly, openly boogie. <laughs> <laughs> the the trashiest of boogies out there. I don't remember being openly boogie, but yeah, there was a lot of those flags out there, and I was like, Ugh, whatever. That's that's fucking disgusting. Also, if you can't tell from that earlier comment, when I kind of go off the rails, 
I was being ironic. Funny how that works. I meant the opposite of what I was saying. Yeah. How does it? Funny how that works. Yeah, they rest, they wrestled those thirty three rest the thirty one goofballs from the patriot patriotic oh front, my God, whatever that fucking alt, alt right wing nationalist where they put him out of the U haul. Yeah. Oh my God, bunch of fucking idiots. <laughs> I, I'm gonna laugh when that person whoever rented the U haul truck if they ever get out of jail they have to go get the U haul truck and take it back and they see their bill <laughs> bankrupt them. <laughs> oh my god it's I, idiots a bunch of dorks out there yeah, in the fucking the, world right now want, Jesus they want Christ. to start a war on everyone they want to start a war on immigrants and all people because oh you take our job no we didn't take they, immigrants didn't take your jobs some greedy asshole behind closed doors some rich guy was like I could pay people cheaper go take it up with him or her or them nah that's nah, that's too easy because nah it's too easy it's the immigrants fault duh it's the easy part right there. It's the easy blame. I swear, people are fucking stupid out there. I I live I live in a community and uh, it's pretty you know white suburbia. Uh, I I see a lot of fucking Trump flags, dog, and I see a lot of like those edgy, cool like back the blue Punisher stickers. Dude, and dude, once you get past six, like if you're going outside San Antonio, you get past six and four where your cat where that kid is. Once you hit Bucky's, it's brutal Trump country, man. Like like. Uh, like and, and you know what the funniest thing is about the whole Punisher thing? That like Jesus was probably th- a brown guy that advocated for immigrants. Well, 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 like well, like the Punisher logo, right? Like they they think like they're oh, they're Punisher, being backed oh, up by religion. like they're being they, no 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 they, they think they're being backed up by the Punisher. There are multiple comic issues out there where like the Punisher shreds up cops. He like brutally murders and beats them because they fucking. They fucked up and couldn't help him get justice for his dead wife and daughter. Like, why Why do they think fucking representing, like, trying to put a fucking Punisher logo on their stupid ass, like, 17 and a half inches lifted up dumbass truck. They they think that they're, like, doing something. That doesn't they sound like that back they're getting move. us. That doesn't sound they're like getting, back to blue. They're getting us. They're sending a message out there. They're getting us, Nathan. That doesn't sound like back to blue. <laughs> it's so fucking stupid, dude. I saw the, I saw this other meme on Reddit about like how Jesus, like they have this, like you know the G, like the, they have like the white Jesus, the the white right wing conservative Jesus. That's all the things conservatives think he is or Jesus is, and then you got the probably historical Jesus who was like a, a, a brown dude from the Middle East who you know was in the Valley of the Lepers chilling, you know, trying to advocate for the poor and you know just being a general good around dude. Instead he was of, a carpenter for Christ's sake. <laughs> he wasn't. He wasn't trading crypto, you dorks. <laughs> and, and, instead of this, instead of this Fonzie Jesus that they think he is, he's just chilling by the jukebox saying, "Hey, you can't get an abortion. Hey, you know uh, the, the immigrants. Christ. Hey, this like, shut up." Okay, la- last thing I want to bring up because you did you, you mentioned abortion. Let me let me pull up this thing. You 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 know Eric Andre, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, you have to know Eric Andre. Wait, when he uh, went to the RNC. And there's a clip that I love from the RNC where he he goes up to this woman and he's like, "Hey, are you anti-abortion?" He gives it like a beat and like he's like, "Cause I'm Uncle Abortion. How about we get out of here, bang, and get rid of the dang thing?" <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love Eric. No, that was like oh a, that God. was like a simple a simple zinger he did. Like he went up to Alex Jones and Alex Jones was like, "He's an agitator." Are you a Democrat? And then he's like, I'm not a Democrat. I'm a nihilist or something like that. I'm <laughs> he's like, he's like, uh, Alex Jones, like Joe Biden sent him. He's like, I don't want to vote for Joe Biden either. <laughs> yeah, this is like, dude, I'm, 
en- enough politics. I'm d- enough goofy people, enough dumb people and their dumb ideas. Just be a good person. Uh, Stop being an asshole. And uh, you know what? The, what? 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 What do the marks say? Just not. Just be a good on, person. Nail, nail it home. Nail it home. What do the come marks on, say? You, just you be, got, be a good person. Just stop being assholes. You, just stop being stupid. You had it. Stop being goofy. There you go. Stop being goofy. Yeah, stop being you goofy. There it. you go. Boom. Don't stop be a goofy. fucking. Don't be a fucking boogie. Yeah. Don't be a boogie. Stop being a boogie. Just be, a, <laughs> be a better person. What? One of my friends, and uh, this is so fucking hilarious to me. One of my friends started listening to us, and uh, he. He'll text me like as he's listening along, and he he randomly texts me. He's like, "I like boogies." <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, wait, wait, wait! I, like, I, I, I want to give a sp- shout out real quick, but, but finish your story. No, no, that's it. I was just like, he was just like, "I like boogies. Boogies is a good one." <laughs> yeah, yeah, boogies is a good one. The way you say it makes me laugh every time. I'm like, oh, this oh, is. I'll tell hilarious. you what, it's not a boogie. <laughs> ah, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh. And you know, I want to thank uh, my buddy Sean and Cassie for coming. And uh, you know, I was gone for the weekend, left Shoyo home for the first time for a long weekend. And uh, you know, he gets into the cabinets and he gets into the pans and he pulls out all the bags because I I keep the HB bags sometimes. You know, like like every once one trip every three under the like, sink. Yeah, under the sink, baby. Yeah. That's a Mexican thing. Yeah, but you know, I'm trying to be conscious about it because like you know, reusable bags save the planet, all that good shit. Uh, so, you know, once every, like, three or four trips, I just get the grocery bags and I use them and put them so I can clean up his, his stuff and everything. And, uh, he likes to get under the cabinet and drag out all the bags and chew them up. I don't know why. And he gets in a medicine cabinet, too. I don't know how this cats are ca- assholes at their core. Yeah, so, you know, he was getting into stuff while, he was, while I was gone, causing trouble, causing a ruckus. I get home and he's yelling at me already. Where's he at right now? He's he's right behind well, me well, just bastard. chilling. bastard. Get over here. Say hi, show you. You heard him? <laughs> you heard him? No, I didn't, but I'm pretty sure I'll hear him in post. Hell yeah, <laughs> I'll show you. Yeah, that's up, show you. But anyway, thank you, Sean Cassie, for watching them. I appreciate y'all. Loves y'all. And, uh, uh, you fans. know, shout out to Boris. Boris is good. Boris is their cat. Boris is the best. Ah, I do like Boris. I've yeah, seen but, pictures of Boris. Yeah, Bor- Boris is like the angriest looking cat ever, but he has like the biggest stomach. He loves food, and he's actually pretty friendly. But, uh, man, that's, uh... There's a lot that happened this week. I feel like we spat silly there. We got a little political. I felt like we spat silly, though. Yeah, we probably shouldn't get too political. It was a wrestling podcast. That's fine. No, no, no. It's fine. We're not. No, we're uh, fine. Those are private conversations. If if I have to alienate a few people because they're like, oh, this guy's making fun of my fucking sweet-ass Back the Blue Punisher logo on my truck. Now, fuck off. Fuck you. Don't listen to this. Fuck off, you dork. Yeah, those, those are boogies. If you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I wonder if he's talking about me. I am. Get out of here, you fucking boogie. <laughs> what did McFoley say? If you're a white supremacist, unfollow me. Just kind of, exactly. kind of, kind of that that ballpark, you know. There, there, there's a lot of things like maybe you shouldn't have general like hard rules in your life on. That's one of them, I think. I don't like no bo- white supremacists. I don't, I don't like boogies. Exactly. And I don't, I don't like boogies. I don't, is a I don't good one. boogies and goofy people. <laughs> Every one of those, if you're one of those two things, uh, get out of here. Fuck off. Fuck off. I don't need to see you. I got my bo- bo- boogie and goofy filter on. I can't hear you. Yeah. I'm in, a bo- I'm in a, bo- I'm in a boogie free zone here. Fuck We're off. In boogie free zone. And the go- this is a, there's no goof here. Okay. Oh, let's get into wrestling dog. Yeah. There, were, there was a lot this week, dude. Cody Rhodes. Yeah. I'm, I had, WWE. I, I had a lot to say about that in private, but I'll summarize it right now. I think it was very stupid that he did that. He put on a hell of a match, him and Seth Rollins. 
And I heard the argument that, well, Darby Allen puts himself at risk all the time. But it's like, to me, it's like, okay, if Darby Allen broke his arm mid-match and tried to continue, or if he, like, broke his arm. You think or broke his arm before match and tried to wrestle a match, I'd call him an idiot because that's just unsafe. At some point, you got to put the safety of the workers in front of the match and whatever you're trying to build. And I just personally think it set a little bit of a bad precedent. Like, yeah, I guess, like, all the this guy doesn't quit. He's going through adversity. But it's like, at the end of the day, we love wrestling, but this is, this is uh, performance art in a sense, right? What they do is real, 100%, but... Is a scripted contest really worth, you know, potentially injuring you or the other person? I mean, they work the safest they can, and they're professionals beyond my, my league. But I just I, – I think as a fan, it kind of sets a, a, a sort of a bad precedent in a sense. Like, you know, what if, like, another promoter came and said, hey, Cody Rhodes did this. He's your favorite. Like, how come you can't put, you know, do it through an ACL tear or something like yeah, that? Yeah, but, but to be fair, like, it's also not through the promoter. Like, I'm sure WWE wasn't, like, hounding him. Like, hey, get out there. Get out there. No, 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 100%, but, like, again, like, when Matt Hardy, and he wanted to continue the match with Sammy Guevara, like, at some point, like, you got to put your foot down and be like, hey, you can't continue this match, or you can't do this, we're putting our foot down. Yeah. Like, no tolerance but, for that. But this, but this is also, like, that's where wrestling is such a different beast of a sport. Like, everyone involved knows exactly how the other person's going to, like, react. Like, I'm, like, everyone... Everyone would rather go through the rest of the match and then be told they're never going to wrestle again rather than, like, quit out on it. Because, I mean, that's just what the pro- – that's what wrestling means to, like, yeah, I, literally I, I, all I, these performers. I, I can't say I understand that, but I guess I can understand the sentiment because I think of that like, – you remember you remember Troy with Brad Pitt? Oh, the movie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where Achilles is like, this is why no one will remember your name. I'm pretty sure that's Cody telling me this is why no one's going to remember your name if you're a professional wrestler. He's probably right. <laughs> I want to do I mean, that. I mean, I mean, you can look back at like Stone Cold, Sabu. I think Sami Zayn wrestled uh, a, a match injured. Uh, Shibata, Kurt Angle, um, Takahashi, Triple H. Like all these guys have like cemented their name in the sport because I mean, a they're amazing professional wrestlers, but like because that through line of like they care about this more than their own body sometimes comes through, and like it sucks that that has to be like. That, I like guess I, I have to know that fact. It sucks that I have to know that fact that they they'd rather finish a match completely injured rather than call it early. But I mean that's just like that's just like we they're just programmed that way already. We we won't be able to understand that. Yeah, and that's a fair point to make. And you know, this is an outsider observer's perspective and stuff. I mean, like you said, it was a career defining match. That trilogy was probably my favorite series of WWE matches in a long time, man. And I can't. Co- Cody Rhodes and WWE really. Good. <laughs> Co- Cody Rhodes. I mean, we 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 tried like we wanted to call him on his bullshit when he left, and he was like, "Oh, I think I'm the greatest professional wrestler in the world right now." We were just like, mm, "Are you? Are you really?" But like, all oh, all three matches with with Seth Rollins had a compelling story, uh, an amazing match overall, and it was a it was the best of both worlds of having a crazy work rate. But also having a coherent story and through line throughout the matches. And that Hell in a Cell match was fucking gnarly. Like, from the second he takes off his coat and you see the purpling going from, like, the middle of his chest across his titty. It was all the way up, All the way up to his arm. Like, that picture is going to be the, the Cody picture for, for, for years now. Like, I... I I assume the Cody setting himself on fire thing was going to follow him and be, like, his career-defining thing for the rest of his life. Nah. It's him like 
looking Seth in the eye and taking off that fucking robe to see it like, oh, it was so purple and yellow. It was fucked up. I like, I wanted to gag a few times. It was fucked up. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm not a professional wrestler or anything. This is the guy giving his opinion and stuff. And maybe it's a shit take yeah. and all that. <laughs> I, I don't think, I don't think I'll ever be able to understand that. It's like people who love Morrissey. Like, I just don't think I'll be able to ever relate to that. That's the guy from Shout the Smiths, out, right? It's also a good Wonder Years reference I threw in right there. But uh, I'll, I'll never I'll never be able to understand uh, loving something as much as, like, someone loves professional wrestling. Like, someone that's born and bred in that business. I don't think I'd ever be able to understand that. Hey, man, that's, you know, that that's fine. That's fine. I'll, that's just my take on it. Like I said, it was a career-defining yeah. match. It was a great match. I just, you know, I just hope. It doesn't have a negative fallout with some people being like, oh, you need to wrestle this match. Why can't you do next? No. Yeah. Performance health over everything else, you know? Yeah, exactly. But again, this is is the most you could expect from these guys. And like a lot of professional athletes, too, they play injured and still put on health performances. So, again, you know. It it also begs like the kind of conversation, like how much are the fans at fault like as well? Like, I mean, like you can also like. To play devil's advocate, I'm also the fucking bad guy here because I'm, like, touting Cody Rhodes for doing this when he shouldn't have to. So, like, there's always a fine there's always a fine line to walk there of, like, when are fans, like, kind of pushing wrestlers to have this mindset versus do they have the mindset, like, from the get-go? You know what I mean? Just, just playing both sides. But, yeah, Cody Rhodes had a fucking career-defining match that... Everything they did in that match was fucking insane, and uh, I I totally respect Cody. That's gonna that's they got a five star from from Dave Meltzer, one of the first in WWE in a very long time, I think since NXT. So shit was really good. Yeah, man. And by the way, uh, since we're talking about WWE, we're gonna go ahead and uh, we have a, we have a, we have our uh, correspondent that's uh, gonna give us you know the WWE happenings that happened this week. So, uh, Kyle, without further ado, I'll swing it to our uh, WWE correspondent. Hello, Missing the Mark fans. I'm Andrew with what will be the best minute of the show because I will be recapping the best sports entertainment show each and every week, the WWE. Off the hills of Hell in a Cell, American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes cuts an emotional promo after tearing his peck and still having what will go down as one of the most memorable Hell in a Cell matches in history. But Seth Rollins got the last laugh by attacking him from behind and sending him packing. Elias's much better looking brother, Ezekiel, will go one-on-one with Kevin Owens next week to try and avenge his loss. Veer Mahan has came and not seen to get rid of the Mysterios, Lashley looks to be next up to challenge Austin Theory for the US title. Finn Balor has taken the scales from Edge and has become the new leader of Judgment Day. After kicking Edge to the curb, Damian Priest and Finn Balor will see to it that Rhea Ripley mm-mm, will capitalize on her title shot in the near future against Bianca Belair. NXT 2.0 with a great showing. Pretty deadly is pretty dope. Santos Escobar as Tony D'Angelo's lackey makes for some great television. The NXT North American title scene is hot as always with Carmelo Hayes as champion. Roxanne Perez winning the NXT breakout tournament gets to face Mandy Rose of Toxic Attraction in a future title shot that is probably the best women's division in wrestling right now folks. And Apollo 
Cruz returning home to NXT will sure to be a great challenger for NXT champion Braun Breaker. SmackDown kicks off with the first Money in the Bank qualifying match, one in which Drew and Sheamus tore the house down but ended in no contest after both men couldn't stop beating the holy hell out of one another. Lacey Evans wins her way to the Money in the Bank with a woman's right to Zaya Lee. After what was a banger of a match, Riddle defeats the Bloodline's lackey and the best part of SmackDown, Sami Zayn. And my personal highlight of the week, Ricochet loses the Intercontinental title to the best name in WWE, the Ring General Gunther. I'm very glad that uh, that bit really went well. <laughs> I remember we proposed that you proposed that uh, like two weeks ago, and I was like, "All right, let's see how this goes." And uh, nice, we have a, we have an infield reporter because, uh, as as many of you know, me and Nathan do not keep up very thoroughly with wwe sometimes i make it a point not to watch wwe but uh we got a field correspondent now and i'm very i'm very happy with how that went Mm -hmm. so thank you to our correspondent and you'll be seeing him uh hopefully pretty often pretty often hearing him hearing him yeah yeah right Uh, all right all right cow uh damn we got like i said we had a lot we had a lot happening this week Uh, also yeah we had a lot happening this week shout out to gunther winning the title NXT doing its thing. Uh, that was a. Uh, go, go ahead, go I, ahead. I, I, we we mentioned it. You mentioned it earlier during the the, the whole intro rigmarole. But like, shout out to Avery, dog. She's making the rounds. Um, she's been taking dates. Like I said, like you said, she's been on Dynamite for Dark. Uh, she just made her NXT level up debut uh, under Sierra Saint Pierre. Um, I mean, I mean, it, it's awesome seeing people that we've hung out with. Uh, people I consider like friends of the show, doing great things. Chip winning titles over there, out in out in South Texas, so fucking good. Can you believe it's almost I'm, been like a year since we had those interviews, man? Like we need to get I, them back on I, soon. <laughs> it it's insane. I was talking I was talking to Annie about it because I was like, oh look, Avery's like she's on NXT. She's uh she's recording matches over in in Orlando for Dark. And she was like, how long has it been since y'all interviewed her? And I was like, oh, good question. So I was like, eh, it's probably been a couple months. And now October of last year. And we're coming up on that pretty soon. It's fucking insane how too fast like we've been doing it. Like how long we've been doing this already. Yeah, no kidding, man. Shoot. But well, look, at, look at the glow up. I love the glow up. We're all glowing up here, man. We're all glowing up. Avery, Hell Chip, yeah, Alan, Brooke. I, I I feel it. I feel the warm and fuzzy, and also it's 108 degrees outside, and I'm pissed. But we're, we got it going <laughs> I think, on. I think the I think the warm and fuzzy is you having a heat stroke, to my guy. Yeah, probably right. <laughs> Shoot, but also, man, you know, before we get into New Japan, and I'm I'm sure you got there's a lot to talk about with UFC too. I I know you know you got a lot to say about that, but Cyberfight Festival was this weekend, along with New Japan Dominion, and uh, if you don't know what Cyberfight is, it's the the owner. Of the owning business of, uh, I think Noah and DDT, but they basically had a big uh, cross promotion show with Noah, DDT, TJPW, and I think I'm missing one um, off the top of my head. But yeah, they had a big show. RVD came and he looked like a million bucks. You know, even though he's like 50 years old, the fact that he could still do a lot of the stuff that he's doing is pretty amazing. Uh, but yeah, you know, had a pretty had a pretty good card on there. Um, Satoshi Kojima, who had a match with Moxley um, during the pandemic, and when New Japan was starting to come over, ended up winning their the the GHC Heavyweight Championship. 
Um, Yuka uh, Sakazi, Sakakazi from AEW, who's Sa- made Sakazaki. 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 Yeah, dude, my, I, I have a fat tongue right now. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. a fat tongue. A fat tongue right oh, now. Fuck. But unfortunately, she lost uh, the Princess of Princesses championship, and uh, I, a lot of her fans. I'm are very. Pain. I love Yuka. She's like she has such a fun wrestling personality and style, and I I've seen that she's been making the rounds. I hope we see her more stateside. Um, whether that's in the indies or more dark or elevation appearances, but I I love watching Yuka wrestle. I've seen her live a couple of times when we go to these shows. So good, very much a fan. Yep, and also Ganpro. Ganpro was there as well. They're part of that that super show. But um, that was a kind of a scary moment in one of the one of the fights or one of the matches, um, where one of the the actually I think it was their, their the Noah's champion got knocked out. Um, oh fuck. Yeah. So. Excuse me, real quick. I freaking. Um, it was in a six mag tag match where Nakajima. Um, I think he knocked out Endo, who's go who goes by Burning, but um. Yeah, man. Uh, they were kind of doing this the John Moxley core, uh, pretty stiff strikes, and it kind of looked like Nakajima was no selling a bit and stuff. I I've never seen a Nakajima match, but I saw the clips on Reddit and. Look kind of scary, man. Uh, knocked the crap out of uh, Endo, and Fuck they ended me. up canceling the match. But it, I think it was a bad look for oh shit for uh, Nakajima to kind of like knock out the, the your, your one of the promotion star champing in the six man tag, and also yeah. uh, Jun Akiyama, who was really really one of the bigger bigger people on uh, AW AJPW, who's kind of like you know. And during that time with the four pillars and everything, he had an intense stare down with uh, with the guy that knocked him out. And uh, you could you could if you go watch the clip on Reddit, man, you can see the tension cut through <laughs> like a knife, man. I wouldn't want to get stared down by that man, but uh, that was kind of a scary situation and kind of goes back to the whole Cody thing, you know, like <laughs> these performers, man, what they do is serious. And you got some like wrestlers got to protect wrestlers. And business gotta protect wrestlers from themselves, but again, these are professional people, and you know, just we just gotta hope that they make the right decisions and do the best that they can, and you know, no ill intent or anything. So, yeah, I just kind of wanted to mention god. that. There's so much fucking wrestling going on, dude. Yeah. Oh my god, I, I like even when you tech because we were watching UFC last night. How was UFC and... for you, by the way? Let's get into it. Uh, yeah, you want to hear me rant about Dana White some more or what? Yeah, I think every week <laughs> I know we got like that from last Yeah, week. I think every week we got to have you rant about Dana White cuz there's cuz you always text me. We always talk about something whether we're offline or not. Something Dana White does that pisses you off. Something UFC related. Dana White gets you he gets you mad fucking, every week. He's just a bald ass dipshit, all right? That's all that's all there is. He wasn't there last night, thank God. He was out doing whatever the fuck, but he wasn't at the pay-per-view last night. So, my 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 anger was a little bit tempered. Thank God, because I was enjoying a hell of a fight, dude. Like, the I, I in particular, I just want to talk about the main event. Yuri Prohaska uh, from the Czech Republic is uh, your new light heavyweight champion in the UFC. Uh, beat Glover Teixeira, and this match was what I love about mixed martial arts. Like in general, like like take all the bullshit, all the shit talking, all the circus act stuff out of it, and it's literally just two men trying to prove their metal to each other. And this match almost went to a five-round decision 
with the defending champion being in his mid-40s. And Prohaska uh, is, I think it is late 20s. So younger guy, faster guy, bigger guy. And he was giving everything to the champ. And it, throughout this whole match, the round three was the only one that went to Prohaska. Glover Teixeira won rounds one, two, four, and five. And he was on his way to a decision win when Prohaska literally chokes him the hell out. It, it's it's a street-style submission, like the rear naked choke. He didn't have his legs hooked in like proper Brazilian jiu-jitsu style. And he tapped out the reigning champ, who is literally 30 seconds away from, from taking a win. And I love mixed martial arts because it shows you like what both men are willing to go through to win a, a fight. And these men just gave it their all. I was I love that fight. It's probably one of my favorite fights like of all time now. It's up there. That so was a good, good. That was a good match, man. That was a good. That was a good fight. I, oh, I enjoyed man. UFC it was, yesterday. That Judas effect by Shang, by the way. Shoot, man. I oh, there, there's the not fucking, a Judas yeah. effect in the UFC that I've seen hit that has not resulted in a KO. I've seen like at least five five fights ending with the Judas effect. Chris Jericho was onto something, man. I can see why no one's kicked out of that. <laughs> <laughs> it was good, dude. I, I I thoroughly enjoyed all of it. And then, um, going from UFC, <clears throat> excuse me, we went into New Japan Pro Wrestling Dominion. And then you texted me about uh about cyber about cyber fight. And I was like, oh fuck, like I see something else like off the radar, like wasn't even in my mind. Um, because I was so excited for Dominion, and fucking Dominion delivered, dog. I. Can, can, I didn't can, think can, I was going to be able to... Can we just skim through was, AEW Dynamite like hit the highlights real quick? Because I honestly just want to talk about Dominion. This is this is, uh, this is yeah. our first New Japan-themed episode. Fuck Dynamite. Yeah, fuck Dynamite. Fuck it. I mean, you're the one fucking... Oh, I can't even fucking... I want to talk about this real quick. You missed her. That was a 9.5 out of 10. It was oh, a good that Dynamite. Was, that, I liked it. That's liked one it. of the greatest Dynamite ever. No, you I didn't say are, that. I didn't say that. Yeah, I'm sure. I think I'm pretty sure I have the text. I, I didn't look, say, I look through our text. I'm pretty that. sure you said it's you said it's one of the best dynamites ever. Oh, that's some damn you, good wrestling. That's some damn good wrestling. You, all I'm gonna say is you were one of the you were one of the worst people to judge something in real time. You are one of the most recency biased people I know. Like, like you don't let you don't let any bad come through your first viewing of dynamites. No, I've been, fucking, I've, been, I've, been, I've been like, hey, dynamite's been doo doo or whatever. So no, I don't. No, I don't. Bull, I think bullshit. I think you just You're, like. I think you just like trying to bust my balls about it. That's why I started doing the reverse bit where I'm like, yeah, it's, it, it sucked. It's actually trash. And I get you, you mad because so, you can't outwork no, me with no, that. No, 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 no. You were so, re you were so <laughs> reluctant to call AEW Boogie. You were so reluctant to. I'll call you it Boogie when it's promotion Boogie. so much. I'll call it Boogie no, you when don't. it's Boogie. I'll call it Boogie when you, it's Boogie. In the next, no, you don't. The next what, was the, what was the last thing? What was the last thing you thought that was Boogie? <laughs> that cage yes. match with Jake Hager and Wardlow. And when Miro oh, was yeah, doing that, his best yeah. man gimmick. That's that's the one I can oh remember off God. the bat. Uh, that was one like a couple. That was one like a couple weeks ago actually. I was kind of meh, like a seven. Yeah, let's. We'll we'll do a quick little uh, shoots uh, throughout the entire show. Uh, yeah, see, I, I, know, I know you know boogies. Shut up. Okay, right, yeah, well, you gonna let me fucking talk or no? Yeah, you let me talk talking, or no? Start talking. Start All right, talking. we kicked kicked off the show. The Casino Battle Royale. Kyler Riley won. Uh, that was a good match. Battle Royales are. It was no, it was not. It was all right. Moxie Core was. was great. It was so violent. Well, I mean, that was that, yeah, but we're not talking about that match right now. I talked about Kyle O'Reilly winning the Battle Royale. Oh, okay, yeah, never mind. I, I heard. Yeah, right. it was okay. It was whatever. I, I yeah. wish more storylines could have come through. It was all right. Uh, 
Wheeler Yuta and Kyle O'Reilly were the final two. I love Wheeler Yuta making his return from Japan. Um, this this next match fucking humped, but I hate that we're getting a new championship already. Uh, Pack taking on Buddy Matthews in an All Atlantic Championship tournament match. Uh, qualifier for the main event uh, being held at Forbidden Door in a four way match that crowned the first All Atlantic champion. Uh, I don't think they needed another singles title. Uh, all the geology majors in the world were shooting on AEW because they're like, all those flags don't touch the Atlantic Ocean, you fucking dipshits. And I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, this match humped, though. Yeah, no, uh, Pac that, that, took that, on... Yeah, no, those titles going to matter, okay? IWGP is the most important title out there, okay? We'll get into that in a bit. Uh, but yeah, I, I wonder how this title is going to be used. If it's if it can be used for interpromotional matches, that'd be cool. I don't see them doing that, though. Um, and even if they do do that, I, I can't imagine they're going to give an AEW-branded title to someone outside of AEW, so what the fuck would be the point of having someone defend a title uh, in other promotions where it's like, oh, well, I mean, it's an AEW title, so they're not going to give it to someone in Impact or in DDT or in New Japan, so it's dumb. If, if it's going to be like... Let me ask you a question. Foreigner ex if, it, if it's going to be a foreigner exclusive title, that'd be cool, let, I guess, let but me, like... Let me, let me ask you a question real quick. What's up? What are your dogs doing? Because I keep hearing you like turn. I can literally hear you turn away from the mic. To look oh, at you me. can hear my chair. <laughs> I can hear you turn they're, away. They're, like, <laughs> they're fucking. They're just fucking running a storm up here, dude. They're like running the gauntlet. They're like going up and down the stairs. They got the zoomies right now, so I'm trying to trying to rope them in. Hey, no, go get them. Go get them. I'm like I'm like muting myself like for like two seconds so I can yell their names so they get up here and stay up here with me. Get them. But man, yeah. I'm trying, dude. But yeah, Buddy Matthews, Pack, really great. Pack took a win, uh, which makes sense because he's like basically the leader of Death Triangle, and Buddy Matthews is the stooge in House of Black. So I mean, I'd assume that we're gonna see Malachi Black beat Penta Scudo in their qualifier because they're on the opposite side of the bracket. Please. So hopefully we get more Pack versus Malachi Black pretty soon in the future. Uh, let's see what else happened. Oh yeah, uh. Trent Beretta showed up, uh, challenged FTR on behalf of him and Rocky Romero, Rapongi Vice, for another challenge uh, for the Ring of Honor Tag Team titles. Uh, Will Ospreay made his debut with Aussie Open, uh, which was really cool, but, like, man, you really feel that AEW's doing this for, like, the hardcores because that arena was so dead quiet. Um, it sucks. It really, it really sucks that they couldn't put, like, I, it'd be cool if they could put like packages together for big stars that we could possibly see a Forbidden Door, and they play those during Dynamite. Like those wrestlers make their intention known for Forbidden Door. Will Osprey could have cut one, um, got some like attention, and people could have checked them out because like it really sucks when you have to explain who someone is and why. Like here, here's a here's a crazy hypothetical: when Will Osprey's music hits and he comes out, and your fiance is yelling and jumping off of the couch in his undies. And then you have to be like, who is this white guy followed by the other two white guys? Who are these generic dudes? And, like, then you have to explain it. That That's just a random hypothetical I came off the top of my head, a situational. Uh, but, yeah, it kind of sucks when uh, when AEW doesn't they, – they ain't doing right by, by New Japan. I'm going to say it. I'm going to stand by that still. They, they have yet to really do good by them on this partnership. I feel like that's coming to knocking, baby. We'll get to, into that in a second. Cause I, my my brain my brain my brain has been big my brain has been big and I am pretty sure Tony Khan and Gato are listening to this right now they're listening to these episodes because everything that we said was gonna happen that I've been saying is gonna happen 
It's starting to happen. It's starting to happen. It's happening. It's happening. It's, it's happening. happening. Uh, it's happening. Let's see. Next Next up, uh, Hangman Page uh, beat uh, David Finley, the fourth generational superstar over from the New Japan Strong Dojo here in the States. Really good match. I'm really glad we could see Page uh, coming back, getting a win after being knocked off the, the pedestal for CM Punk. Uh, Hangman was like, oh, I'm not going to talk about the uh, the AEW championship. That's for another time. And he challenged uh, Kazuchika Okada for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship at Forbidden Door. And then fucking Adam Cole comes and says, I'm the franchise player. I'm going to be in this match. And I hate the thought of Adam Cole being in an IWGP Heavyweight Championship match. He's overdone. He's oversaturated right now. Uh... It's uh, I I don't need Adam Cole in a lot of matches. I don't need Adam Cole for the next six months, honestly. If I'm being perfectly honest with you. Yeah, I'm kind of a little bit over Adam Cole in a sense too. But uh, at least in the main event scene. But as long as he's doing Bullet Club stuff, I'm okay with. You know, he he he, he could play the underling very well, and I hope he does. Uh, so. Yeah. Uh, I I thought it was all right. I love the idea of Page versus Okada at, at the time uh, when this was airing. Um, as soon as Cole said, like, I should be in it, I, I thought of, the, you know, the three-way between Okada, Page, and Cole. And I get it. Cole's there to eat the pin because you don't want Okada, your biggest star, to to lose. You don't need one of your biggest stars in Page to take a loss. So give it to Cole. Let Cole eat the pin. Um, and then you can set up for something later on down the line. But whatever. That's neither here nor there anymore. Yeah, and a lot of that uh, might be on, out, of the, out of the docket, man. There's a lot happening. <laughs> yeah, you want to be more heavy-handed about it? or. <laughs> Oh man, just hurry up up there. Let's wrap this up. I'm trying. Fucking stop interrupting me. Thunder Rosa took on Marina Shafir in an AEW Women's World Championship match. Stormtrooper. Uh, we don't we don't need we don't need Marina Shafir uh, challenging for titles anymore. Stormtrooper. Also, here's here. Let me let me let me let me break let me break something down for you real quick. Stormtrooper. Marina Shafir challenged for the TBS Championship, right? Stormtrooper. What the fuck? What are you having a stroke? What's going on over there? <laughs> you remember the Emperor Palpatine skit? <laughs> Where he's going up the... the oh. <laughs> oh, he's going... Yeah. Stormtrooper. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Like, why is Marina Shafir... Why is she coming off of a big loss for the TBS Championship? She gets a few wins on Dark and Elevation that mean little to nothing in the grand scheme of the multiverse. And then she gets an AEW World Championship match against Thunder Rosa. They're... To, and this is one of the worst things you can get in wrestling. No reaction. She got no cheers. She got no boos. We don't know anything about her besides she comes from a Dova or, or whatever. Um, this was not a great match. It was okay. Um, I do like the prospect of Thunder Rosa just being a fighting champion. I need more of that. I don't think Marina Shafir should be wrestling on television uh, for the next couple months. And I thought this was a this was a very C minus, potentially D plus on a given day. Yeah, it wasn't a, it wasn't a great match. I mean, they I, they gave her a shot to see what she could do on TV. She didn't get a reaction. She did okay and blah 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 blah. You know, I get it. You're you're testing the waters, but you know, I think she needs more time to kind of uh, get there. And, and 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 of course, this was a, a big tease for Storm versus Thunder Rosa. Marina Shafir kept attacking Thunder Rosa after she won. Uh, Storm comes out to make the save. Uh, Storm gives Thunder Rosa her title back. So, I mean, if they can build that storyline and there's a really good through line through all of that, like, let's do that because that match should hump. I'd be very excited to see that. 
Yeah, hundred percent. That'd be a good match to to go with. All right, let's uh let's breeze through this. Uh, your main event uh, was John Moxley taking on Kyle O'Reilly, the man who won the battle royale earlier in the night. The winner of this is going on to Forbidden Door to challenge for the interim AEW championships, and CM Punk is out. Um, John Moxley won. This was a great fucking match. Kyle O'Reilly is, I think, miles ahead of Bobby Fish and Adam Cole as far as complete presentation right now in AEW. One hundred percent, I agree with that. He deserves a singles My, run. One of the best spots in this entire match was Kyle O'Reilly biting the rope to break a submission, and then John Moxley just fucking kicking the shit out of that rope. That was, that was such a fucking that had that was hurt. such a good spot. I, oh yeah, that you had to feel that in the fucking back of your fucking molars. I bet. Good thing they got DMD there. Phoenix. Yeah, thank God, huh? So she can take up more TV time that she doesn't need. She's uh. <laughs> Listen, I hammer things where I hammer them. Um, but yeah, it was a good match. Uh, the right guy went over, John Moxley. I don't think there's a doubt in anyone's mind that John Moxley's going to win the interim title. He's been the workhorse, the most reliable guy. He carried the company through the pandemic when there had no fans. So to see him hold up a title belt in front of fans would be very awesome to see. But good match. Uh, I gave this whole Dynamite like... Uh, like a 7.5, maybe 8, if I'm, like, taking a really good poop and I'm reminiscing about the good parts. <laughs> okay, well, uh, you know, is there anything else we got to talk about? Because We got to go through Rampage real quick. Oh, Fuck. Oh, okay, yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, Eddie, no, I mean, I, I'm going to go through this, this one a little quicker because there's never really any storyline progressions. But uh, okay, Eddie Kingston beat Jake Hager. Uh, Satnam Singh and Jay Lethal beat some jobbers. Chris Statlander took on Red Velvet. This match was fucking awesome. It Chris was. Statlander's a goddamn star. The Red Velvet, uh, just shout out to her, man. Let's sing her praises for a bit. She really stepped, Oh, my God, like she, yeah. From where, when she first started from where she is now, dude, that girl is good. That that uh, that that freaking crosshair kick that she did into Chris Statlander's finisher was fucking crisp as hell, man. And her, like, yeah, her visual expressions and everything. Like, this girl, this girl doing it. Yeah, Red Velvet's make leaps and bounds. I'm very happy. She was always known as just being kind of a, a botcher when she first debuted and started with AEW. But I think it's the baddie section. That, it's the baddie section. Right? Well, let's let's calm down with that. But I think that you know her being a heel helps in with the character work. It helps her be a little more confident. Uh, but yeah, this was one of her best matches. And Chris Statlander looking like a million bucks. And it sucks that she's gonna be sidelined so that Ember Moon can take the title shot. But whatever. Um, you gotta give the shiny new toys the time instead of your day ones, I guess. Good job, Tony Khan, you dumb fucking mark. FTR and Trent Beretta took on Aussie Open and Will Ospreay in the main event. I thought the ending of this was fucking dumb. Why are you gonna have Will Ospreay and Aussie Open show up just to fucking lose? You could have had Trent Beretta eat the pin, because I don't even think Trent Beretta's gonna be at Forbidden Door, but whatever. Uh, let's just never do right by New Japan, I guess. Fuck them. Fuck New Japan. Fuck the pr- promotion. Fuck this partnership. Uh, AEW's gonna have a clean suit forbidden door. It's gonna be wild to see if that actually happens. Uh, uh yeah, this match was alright. No, no, okay, you know, yeah, it was, but, you know, I know Kyle's really sour on AEW and the partnership, and I've been too, like I've said, New Japan's gotta come with the fear. What I have wanna... they done? What have they done we're right work, by New Japan? We're working towards that, baby, long-term booking, okay? Long-term booking, and it's, I think it's gonna pay off at forbidden door, and if it doesn't, then, okay, then you're, you're right. Wow, when is... John Moxley beats Hiroshi Tanahashi? And then this, Okay, like, no, let's get into let's get into Dominion. What? Let's get into Dominion. Get into Dominion. No, no, no. Tell me where 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 is AEW gonna do right by New Japan? JY baby. How? When that's an, I mean New Japan, you can't l- listen. There's a thing. Of, there, there's a difference between doing right by a company 
and like they're gonna doing put the over Bullet thing. Club. They're gonna put over Bullet Club so fucking Well, no hard. fucking shit because that's the and obvious that's, thing. That, but that's not doing that, right that, by that's, them. That's that's the biggest thing in New Japan. That that's giving it the the, the chile. And, and and you can how come you have to give the biggest thing only the right treatment because it's the easy correct decision. How come you couldn't put over Will Ospreay, a former world champion, the current IWGP United States champion? How come you couldn't put him in Aussie Open over FTR and Trent Beretta with Trent Beretta taking the pin? Why couldn't you do that? I don't know. In the grand scheme of AEW, they Trent Beretta and FTR. Like hold on. Yeah, hold on. Let me finish this thought. FTR and Trent Beretta in the overall grand scheme of AEW are lower on the pecking order than Will Ospreay is in New Japan. And, and why do you have to make... A random main event on a random Friday that's taped after the live show. Why do you have to make Osprey come over for, to the states for that just to lose? How is that doing right by New Japan at all? Like I said, I think Forbidden Doors when everyone's gonna get their dubs back and we're gonna finally see New Japan be put on equal footing. But we'll see how Forbidden Door. That's that's my bold take right now. And it all starts with all right, Dominion. Well, Dominion sets the set, set the standard for it. All right. I mean, let's hope because I really hope that's what happens. But I know yeah, we let's do. go over New. Let's go over Dominion because Dominion is going to be a little bit more the, like the last five matches are what I really want to talk about. But I'll give some quick results because um, if you're not familiar with New Japan and how they do their pay-per-views and their special events, they do a lot of um, uh, mixed tag matches like multi-man tag matches just to kind of progress like um, stable rivalries and, uh, and and put those little through lines uh, throughout the rest of New Japan. Because New Japan doesn't have a weekly show, so they have to put like... The necessary evils of like random whatever feeling matches in the in their main events in their main event pay per views, but uh, United Empire Aaron Hanare uh, TJP and Francisco Akira defeated six or nine and her Hiroyoshi Ten- Tenzan. Uh, that would match was it was whatever it was fine. Bullet Club uh, Taiji Shimori, the current IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, El Fantasmo and Ace Austin, uh, the newly uh, uh, implemented wrestler from Impact into Bullet Club, where he's the X-Division champion, defeated LIJ, Tetsuya Naito, Bushi, and Takahashi. Uh, this match was necessary because, like we said a couple weeks ago, Takahashi won the Best of Super Juniors tournament, so he's going to get a shot at Taiji Ishimori's IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Pretty good stuff. Uh, Toru Yano, the GOAT of New Japan Pro Wrestling, defeated Big Old Doc Gallows. I can't believe that happened. That's so fucking... I love Toru Yano anytime he's on there. Uh, and then House of uh, Torture, Evil, Takahashi, and Sho defeated Suzuki Goon, Zack Sabre Jr., El Desperado, and Yoshinobu Kanemaru uh, for the Never Openweight Six-Man Tag Team Championship. So uh, the subgroup of Bullet Club, which they still haven't really defined if House of Torture is going to break off from Bullet Club. I really hope they do because I hate House of Torture. Uh, but they retain the Never Openweight Six-Man Tag Team Championships. Um, and then... It was almost a clean sweep for the Bullet Club uh, until United Empire, Great O'Con and Jeff Cobb defeated the Bullet Club of Bad Luck Folly and Chase Owens uh, to regain the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championships. Um, this is a very also necessary evil, uh, mainly because you can't have Bullet Club winning every single match that night, but um, I would rather see Great O'Con and Jeff Cobb take on FTR at Forbidden Door. So I'm pretty sure that's where we're heading towards. Give me some of your thoughts. Uh... Yeah, I mean United United Empire already ate the pin and stuff. So and Great Khan and Jeff Cobb are the ones that did attack FTR and everything. So I feel like that's where the the story's headed and everything. I don't know if FTR wins against them. 
Uh, but FTR, I think, is probably the hottest tag team in professional wrestling right now, bar, bar none. So it would kind of make sense in, to give it to them. But if, again, if FTR, and... FTR loses to to uh, you, to Jeff Cobb and Great Khan, you know, I can understand that. You got to put, like I said, I think you got to start putting over New Japan here in some cases. Yeah. And and I was seeing also that people were thinking of a of a three tag match when you have United Empire, Great Okan and Jeff Cobb taking on FTR, taking on Rapongi Vice. Um oh, yeah, after this match, Vice, right? Yeah, because yeah, after out. this match, yeah, Rocky Romero tried uh, attacking United Empire by himself. He got jumped up, beat up. So I mean, you could do a three a three tag match at Forbidden Door. I just think those matches are always kind of sloppy. I hate the I hate the rule of like you can tag in your you can tag out your opponent to tag yourself. I I, I hate that. I'd rather just have it be a tornado tag, you know. Yeah, well, no, because I want to see good wrestling. And tornado tags are mainly just like brawls, so I'd rather give like two teams their due and let them put on a really good tag team match instead of just like a random brawl. Yeah, I guess. I mean, like if, if you have any more, <laughs> if you have more than three teams, just give it a tornado tag. If it's just two on two, uh, do do standard yeah, tag that's rules. fair. That's fair. All right, on to the main events because all next of five of these matches were basically main events. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi defeated Hiroki Goto, his longtime rival, and since he won this match, he will be wrestling John Moxley for the interim AEW World Championship at, at Forbidden Door. I'm very happy the long-term booking finally is paying off. Moxley's finally gonna get his Tanahashi match that he was supposed to get it all out last year, and uh, hopefully it's gonna be for winning the championship in front of a. Uh, a sold out United Center. Moxley deserves really cool. flowers, man, to get even if it's just for a little bit until Punk comes back. But oh, let's, yeah. let's talk about let's and, talk. Me, me and you have talked about this for a second or we, 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 privately, but I think Mox right now has the reins to be the number one, is right now is the number one wrestler in the world. Nobody has been doing his work right. Nobody's put on the quality of matches as he has as consistently as he has outside of outside of FTR, maybe like Will Ospreay. And Okada I, here and there, but Okada's had some had like, like one or two stinkers. But um, John Moxley I, is just consistently a damn good match. Just this big bout machine. I I think that I think that saying that he's had nothing but bangers, you have to take that a little bit of with a grain of salt because he's been in big, wacky, insane matches where it's it's easier to do better in those. When you're doing a one on one, it's all on you both. You know what I mean? But when you have a five-on-five five, uh, shit show like we had at Double or Nothing, like it's a lot easier to say like that was a fucking banger. I certainly didn't say it was an all-around banger, but um, I think, yeah, I, I John Moxley. De- I'm not gonna argue that he doesn't have a case for number one wrestler in the world right now. Um, I think, I think that Will Ospreay is up there. I think John Moxley's up there. Okada's up there, of course. Um, Cody Rhodes is up there. Seth Rollins is up there. Um, I I mean Roman Reigns could be up there, but um, I mean he he's had few and far in between matches, but I mean when he does wrestle, it's a, it's a big thing. It's it's basically like Brock Lesnar and Goldberg when they're at their peaks. Like they're not on every week, but when they're on, they're on, and and you pay attention, and that can only carry you so far. So I think he's like in the top ten. I don't know if he he'd be in my top five, but um, it's, I mean like I say all the time, it's a great time to be a wrestling fan, dude. Yeah. Everyone's 100% firing at all cylinders. I I, and, I would probably put him in my top ten right now, if I'm and, being honest. Like I'm, 
just this month alone, he had a he had a banger yesterday with uh, Mike Bailey, and then he had that match with Kyle O'Reilly. He also had a match with Daniel Garcia. He had a match uh, earlier with uh, in back in what like May with Tom Lawler, and then he had that four way at the Capital Collision. Like he's been he's been on a tear, man. And then the program with Will Yuta. He also had that one on one at uh, Chicago with Will Osprey. I mean, and then the U.S. titles curse. That U.S. title is a different story, but. Yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit. But, uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, Moxley is, is is such an integral part of all of this happening. Like, no, no, there's no, a no, lot no, this of... this happens without him. Sorry to interrupt. Well, I mean, also, too, like, you can't... It, it's hard to attribute this all to one person, honestly, because Jay White makes fantastic points about being the catalyst for professional wrestling. That promo was uh, insane. Kenny, Kenny Omega and, and the Elite have, have big roles. I think everything just literally came together in the right ways. Um, but Moxley is also one of the biggest names because he was the first person basically to be consistently doing indie promotions while also carrying all elite wrestling on his back. Um, again, I can never tout it enough, but he carried the championship through the pandemic era, which, um, all of his title defenses were special and big matches. And I'm very happy that he's actually getting the, they, they made it official that it's the main event of forbidden door Moxley and Tanahashi because, um, John Moxley deserves it. He deserves to be the main event guy in front of a sold out United Center, finally holding up a title. And I'm very, I'm very happy for John Moxley. Yeah, me too, man. Uh, this has been, this has been Moxley's year, in my opinion, and stuff. I mean, like, uh, we talked about Roman Reigns. He just makes top five alone just on his influence and the, 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 the prominence of WWE. But he, to me, he hasn't done an. He's kind of at a part-time status. He hasn't had the great matches. It's kind of been more cookie-cut. Like Britt Baker booking Itoro and all that stuff. So it just has been interesting to me. But Will Ospreay, Seth, Seth Rollins is someone I put in top five. He's I, he's I, he's been he, that's someone who's been having a freaking year. It's it's also awesome too, dude. Like that the Shield was always touted as like the biggest and best stable, like in modern professional wrestling, and they're all carrying like the torches. Roman Reigns is literally carrying SmackDown and Raw. Seth Rollins is literally must-see TV. Like, I will literally go out of my way to watch Seth Rollins on WWE programming. Yeah. And then you have Moxley tearing it up in, on AEW and the rest of the indies. It's crazy. Like, And they're like all where they're doing to, it. Yeah, exactly. They're all they're all making their, their million bucks a month, and I'm very happy for all of them. They I, I was always so curious to see how they were going to succeed individually. And I mean, I mean, the proof is the proof is in like right in front of our faces. They are just carrying literally everything they do, and uh, just fucking, they're all firing on all cylinders. It's fucking insane to see. Mm-hmm. I don't know that any other stable have all been like singular, like like had amazing single runs after they broke up. Like even after Evolution broke up, like uh, Batista meandered here and there. Uh, Triple H was always doing Triple H things. We're always in the title pictures. Um, we'll have to revisit that because I think Evolution did do pretty good after Pro's breakup. But, like, I know Ric Flair was, like, in a bunch of random matches. He Ric Flair wasn't doing main event stuff until towards the end of his career when Vince McMahon put on that stipulation, like, your next loss is your final match. So. Oh, now it's a Shawn Michaels um, match, right? Yeah, which was amazing. Don't yeah, get me wrong. But th- there was a few years there where Ric Flair really wasn't doing a whole lot. He had that 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 TLC match with Edge on Raw once, but I don't know that like being main event world championship 
players. I, I can't think of another stable that broke up and then all three, like all the, the members of the stable went on to be again, just world-class championship acts. Like the, big the, draws. The Shield are probably the most influential stable in the past 20 years. Like just M3. For, 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 for sure. Insane. I mean, along with New Day, but New Day is more of a tag team than a stable, I would say. Yeah, and I mean, Kofi and Big E had their world title runs, but they were never given like the reins to literally carry promotions yeah. for months at a time the way Seth, Roman, and, and Moxley have. You, you can make the case for the Elite too, but I don't think I, I don't think they're as big as the Shield. No, no, I don't think so. And and, and that also goes along with you know. Actually, I'll die. On a hill. I don't think. Yeah, I'll, I'll die on a hill. The Shield's definitely bigger than than the Elite. And, and and it goes along because. Kenny and the Bucks are in such different positions in the Shield. You know, they're not EVPs of a of a promotion. The Young Bucks and Kenny do their their job well, and they put over other people. Whereas, when you get the Shield members, you need to book them strong. I mean, even losing a Cody Rhodes three in a row, like Seth Rollins is still one of the biggest stars in the world. Mm-hmm. These three losses in a row mean little to nothing in the grand scheme of things of his worth. Yep, I agree. So... I mean, it, it's it's really cool to see all of the members of the Shield really thriving out no matter what they do. So that's pretty cool. Seth but, Rollins is booked so consistently well that even if he takes a loss here and there or loses a big profile match, he's someone you could automatically throw into the main event title scene and no one's going to be like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, it'll make sense. It'll make and sense. Like, 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 think about it. He lost three in a row to Cody, two of them being rematches, like, like off the get-go. That's that, insane to think about. That would That would kill any lesser star power wrestlers like entire momentum for like the next year and a half see, of their career see, yeah, this is where i actually defended wwe because i had a conversation where I was like oh they did the whole wwe booking where they do three matches in a row and you know they kill the person and i was like no like you don't understand like this was a story they were trying to tell cody debuts against rollins when rollins has no time to prepare on the biggest stage and rollins still almost beat him this close the second time so he considers that a fluke and unprepared the second time he beats him pretty pretty cleanly, and Seth Rollins like, no, like that can't happen. Like I'm Steph freaking Rollins and everything. And then the third time is when he actually reveals why he hates Cody or why he's so fixated on Cody. And it's because Cody left and tried to tear down everything that Steph was building over here and WWE was building over here and thinks he could come back as a conquering hero when he was the one trying to tear down the kingdom. He's like, no, fuck that, Hell in a Cell. And that Seth was Rollins, such a good promo. Seth Rollins usually does really well in Hell in a Cell. He's had some big profile feuds. We don't talk about Bray Wyatt. But Seth Rollins' Hell in a Cell <laughs> is... is that's that's where he that's usually like where he he's gonna put the put the ass whooping on you know so like if you can't understand that story I don't I don't know you know that's 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 me defending WWE I'm singing their praises right now in terms of that yeah I mean uh, the Seth and Cody thing has been the best thing they've done in years I was so happy with how everything went mm-hmm. Cody winning all three like pretty handily was the exact right call to make he looked like a million bucks and I hope they carry his momentum. When he comes back from that injury, I really hope they do. I hope someone makes like a super clip of all the, the Seth, Rollin, Seth Rollins and Cody clips into the trilogy, like a trilogy movie. Here's a Seth Rollins trilogy movie with Cody, put on YouTube, yeah. like an hour and a half long. I'd watch it and I'd be happy about it. Like it's so good. But uh, let's yeah. let's let's get back to New Japan because <laughs> yeah yeah let's get back to that. Uh, they had a so if you don't know, and there's a lot of things in New Japan that are pretty funny and silly, but. They have a provisional King of Pro Wrestling trophy. The provisional trophy means, you know, you defend the trophy throughout the year, and at the end of the year, whoever owns the trophy is that year's King of Pro Wrestling. These are a lot of weird stipulation-type matches. They're super fun. 
And Shingo Takagi, the uh, former IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, uh, has been uh, leading this series uh, against his rival Taichi. These are real fun matches. I really suggest you watch these. This uh, latest chapter in this uh, match was a 10-minute uh, unlimited pinfall scramble match. The way this match worked was there was a 10-minute uh, timer going on as soon as the bell rang. And any any amount of time you got a pin counted as a point. So I can pin you for a two-count. I get two points. And at the end of the match, whoever had the most points wins. Uh, Shingo Takagi defeated Taichi 11-10. Uh, really fun match. There's there's really good, awesome moments where they take advantage of the of the like the pinfall and how it works. Like Taichi hit like a basic ass clothesline and just fell right on top of Takagi and got a one count, and that was a point for him. It, it's really silly stuff, but the when they get real good workers and workers who are dedicated to making this a million bucks and making this like must see wrestling. It's really great. And Takagi and Taichi definitely high on my list of like, uh, like one of the best matches of the night. Super fun stuff. Go watch that one. If you can next up, Carl Anderson of, uh, bullet club, the machine gun, uh, defeated Tama Tonga for the never open weight championship. And it's strap season for the bullet club, baby. I was very excited with this match. Carl Anderson gets a lot of shit on Twitter. I know he's kind of a shithead. Uh, everyone was uh, knocking him for like cheating on his wife or whatever after he got like none of their business. exposed over Twitter. Yeah, none of our business. I don't give a fuck about any of that. Um, <clears throat> as long as he doesn't do anything like damning, like where I can't where I can't fully support him, I, I won't. I won't not ever support the Machine Gun. Carl Anderson is such an underrated wrestler, and this match with Tama Tonga. This was basically a match between two of the most underrated. Uh, underappreciated wrestlers in New Japan. Can, can I be straight with you, uh, man? This is probably my second. Yeah, go for it. This was my second favorite match of the night. <laughs> it was awesome, dude. It was it was so fun. Uh, Carl Anderson winning uh, was definitely the right call. You need to have Bullet Club with more straps. Um, and, and Tama Tonga, like he he got separated from the Bullet Club. Uh, he you know they got dropped, and then now he's more of a babyface. Everyone was so happy to watch him. Win the never open weight championship. And now that Carl Anderson took it, again, it's strap season for Bullet Club. Going into the Forbidden Door, you got to look strong. I agree. I agree. And uh, I, I kind of want to touch on some things uh, with this match. But the exposition was so good. The announcers were doing such a great job of putting over the overall arching narrative of the story they were trying to tell about how Jay White came in and he had a vision for the Bullet Club. And Jay White came in when, you know, Bullet Club was kind of out there and he was a young gun unproven young lion who is coming in and trying to take control of a bunch of old veterans and ganjins and stuff like that and they all fell in line with this vengeance and and, and tamatanga and his brother were just like nah fuck this guy like we they, there was descent in the ranks and you would think since they were there when prince devitt finn balor started bullet club that they would side with tamatanga and stuff but no they actually went with jay white why they went with Jay White hasn't really been explained too much, at least with, w within the confines of the match. But they gave you just enough information to be like, damn, they're giving you the history of Bullet Club. And it was like so fascinating to watch while these two were going at it. And it enriched the story match so much more. And it kind of feeds into the whole overall narrative that I've we've been talking about where Bullet Club's kind of functioning as a pseudo overarching antagonist in the background of AEW New Japan. And kind of, honestly, kind of outside pro wrestling. They outside of outside of WWE, Bullet Club has kind of been the overarching antagonist for most 
big promotions. Like they've had their tendrils in every major promotion in some way or some form. And we and you have talked about how Jay White is basically like the Thanos of pro wrestling in the sense that this is the big bad. This is the guy who knows everything. He's tuning everything. I mean, he was he was causing shit and in, uh, in impact. He's he's been around in AEW with the undisputed elite. Call you know. There, there's been hints and like gestures of him building up, but now this is where he's starting to come to his own, and you're gonna start to see the Jay White that has been hinted and name dropping. You're gonna see how just bad this dude is, and that promo last night didn't tell you anything. I <laughs> said we're gonna get into that in a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean the 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 storyline with Tama Tonga and his brother Tonga Loa being like excommunicated from Bullet Club basically stems from. The only thing they were willing to ride was that they were day ones. And, like, uh, from the get-go, Bullet Club has always been, you know, it's 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 always for the club. They're, they're the Phantom and Troop. <laughs> exactly. Like, if you're not in line with the vision of the club, whether it's the original vision, a new vision, uh, like, they're, 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 moving, they're moving ways, like, you're out. You're dead weight. And Tama Tonga and Tonga Loa just were riding the fact that they were OGs and day ones. And, uh, I mean, if it wasn't for, like, they weren't about the club. They weren't about the future of the club, so they had to be taken out. And Jay White is so conniving but so smart and methodical. He's not, like, he's not even just, like, a pure evil kind of villain. He's a he's a very conniving, very smart villain. Everything he says and does is with intent. And it's for, it's, it's for the overall grand scheme of him basically being recognized as the number one professional wrestler in the world. And it's so fucking good. And I, I'm excited for Bullet Club Supremacy to reign in Forbidden Door. But we got a few more matches to talk about for the main event. One more, actually. Uh, Will Ospreay defeated Sonata for the vacant IWGP United States Heavyweight title. Uh, a fucking awesome match. I was very excited to see Sonata coming back. He came back from a broken orbital bone. Um, Will Ospreay had kidney stones like a couple weeks ago where he was like feeling like he was on death's door. Uh, but yeah, both these men came out, put in an awesome showing, uh, fun, funny little story beat here was, um, Will Ospreay won the match, but they didn't have the title because the former champion, Juice Robinson, who won at best of super junior, uh, finale, he had appendicitis and, um, it sucks that they, you know, they, they had to strip him of the title, but he could not, you know, contractually obligated, you know, show up for this match. So they stripped him. But he still has the actual physical title in his possession. So that's pretty funny. There's been a very good storyline of Will Ospreay feeling that New Japan has been cheating him uh, throughout the couple months. Uh, he says that he didn't technically lose at uh, Wrestle Kingdom to Okada. Uh, he said he got screwed at the uh, Windy City Riot uh, f- uh, Fatal 4-Way. Um, there's a lot of matches where uh, the ref thought he tapped out and he claims that he didn't. And even when you looked at the replays, it's like, oh, maybe he didn't tap. So there's been a really good through line of Will Ospreay feeling like he's been cheated by New Japan. So now that he's one of the champions uh, of New Japan, it's going to be interesting to see how this kind of takes shape. And I really hope we get a Will Ospreay title match or just a match in general at Forbidden Door. I hope they really announce that soon. Oh, yeah, man. Will Ospreay not being on a card would be kind of a travesty. But but before we get into the, the main event, uh, we're getting fucking Zack Saber Jr. and Brian Danielson possibly. It's yeah, I, yeah. I was gonna say, I was gonna say possibly. I'm, I'm very excited at the thought of it, but I really, 
it, this could go so many different ways, and I hope Danielson isn't actually like super super injured, and I hope that he can show up and make this match because this is a dream match of dream matches. This would give me the the this will take like ten years off my life because of how, <laughs> how bruh. Like the promo that Zack Saber Jr. gave after his after his match, you know, he said that he was being uh he was being like kind of facetious and like super lighthearted about it because he the last match he won and gave a post interview, uh, he hummed the final countdown, and instead of saying a uh, trip to Venus, he said trip to Chicago, so he was. He was like just slightly calling out Danielson and no one ever said anything. They cut that from the promotion, like the promos that they released. So Zack Sabres Jr. said, fuck it. I'll be heavy handed this time. He called out the American dragon. He called him the American dragon bloke, which I love. <laughs> he said, if you're not, he said, if you're not too busy golfing with a black pool country club, come out and fight me to see who's the best technical wrestler is in the black world. Pool country club. He's such a sniveling prick man i love him i love him and it's his it's his fucking accent too that fucking sends you over the edge sometimes because he's just a fucking little brit little bitch ass i fucking love zack saber i really hope we get this match dude it's a, it's it's a fans fans match right here show you what what show you're doing he's running up and down the hall meowing he's pissed yeah he's pissed off he wants zack saber jr and brian i do too Shoyo. i do too it's up in the air. He wants confirmation. Leave him alone. He literally just started running when we talked about Zack Sabre Jr. Like he was just like, wow, 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 wow. Oh yeah, I I really hope we get that match. It'd be if if you don't know Zack Sabre, this would be an amazing introduction to Zack Sabre Jr. It would be pleasing to the casual fans because casual fans can always respect what goes on in the ring, and it'll be for the the hardcores who've been clamoring for this match ever since Danielson came back from. Uh, retiring from from professional wrestling, so really hoping we get it. Really fucking hoping we get it. If we do, it's uh, it it, it, it it's, I can't even explain it, man. I'd just be so happy. <laughs> On to your main event of AEW Dominion in Osaka Joe Hall. Uh, Kazuchika Okada, the reigning and defending IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, defended his title against Jay White, and my God, what a classic match! What an amazing, like, real-life sports feel. It's happening. Uh, I mean... The Bullet Club Phantom Troop is happening. Go on! What else... Like, what else can I say about these fucking... This fucking match with these two men? Like, I, I love the sports feel. Because there are some guys in sports that just have your fucking number. You know what I mean? And I'm glad Jay White is the guy who just has Okada's number. Uh, Jay White touted that... Um, in their entire career history, the series was four and one for Jay White. And last night he made it five and one. Jay White took Okada to the limit, defeated him after about 35 minutes or so, um, with the Blade Runner, a- another one of the most protected, uh, finishers in professional wrestling. He literally hits one and takes out Okada. Okada hits a few rainmakers throughout the match and, uh, doesn't, can't put Jay White away. There's some shenanigans. There's some shenanigans, but I'm glad that the vinyl, the final sequences were all professional wrestling. Jay White taking out Kazuchika Okada. Jay White fulfilled his prophecy he made, saying he was going to go 5-1 against Okada in Osaka Joe Hall. He was going to take the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. It's going to be Bullet Club's era at AEWX New Japan uh, for uh, Forbidden Door. 
And now Jay White, it's still his era. Breathe with a switchblade because it's always been his era. What, what did he call? What did he call Hangman again? <laughs> oh, he called him a cowboy bitch. Yeah, <laughs> dude. If there's anyone, if there's any, uh, Hangman Page has been kind of flirting with uh, going off the deep end again, but it's not because of insecurity. It's just like getting to his darker tendencies of who he wants to be in terms of a champion. Does he want to be the champion that sells his soul to maintain a champion and win and stay on top, or does he want to keep himself? And if there's anyone that could send uh, Hangman Page into a spiral with mind games and just constant with a big ass beating, it's JY. And this is this is a man who has wins over Okada, who has wins over Kenny Omega, who has wins over Adam Page. He's the best out there he's beaten. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that, dude. Uh, I... I this threw such a wrench in the plans because everyone was expecting that the the big buildup was going to be Hangman versus Okada for the IWGP World Title. By the way, every door. time we talk about Jay White, he gets the Hunter X Hunter music. <laughs> it's good. It's good music. Mm-hmm. Good pick. Um, and now again, yeah, Jay White is now the title. He said that you know Hangman had to ride the coattails of the elite. They had to start a whole wrestling promotion for him, just so. He could win the big one, and then in the in the promo he gave, he said, "This is this, everything that we love about professional wrestling in the year 2022 is all because of Jay White. If he never beat Kenny Omega for the IWGP United States title back in the day, Kenny and the Elite never run off to the states to start AEW. We never get Hangman conquering his demons and winning the the long three year storyline of him winning the title. We never get John Moxley coming over and." And doing cross promotions with all of this. We never get Forbidden Door. And for that, Jay White says, you're welcome. I love Jay White so fucking much. What an amazing promo. And then it's not, it's, you you, you remember like when the, and any, and any piece of fiction, like whether you're watching finals talk about his reasons on Titan for doing what he wants to do, whether you, you watch Naruto Shippuden and you, you hear pain tell naruto why he's doing what he's doing why he went after the leaf village you when, when the villain starts making fucking sense and you could be like this guy's actually has a point is when he has your ass or they have your ass and this promo from jay white did kind of make sense and how the way that he talked about because of him all this happened so how can you hate on me when i'm the catalyst for all this happening here's matt because i ended up on top he literally got he literally got Osaka Joe Hall to cheer for him. Even though they were told not to cheer, everybody was clapping for Okada at the start of the match. And after he won, everybody erupted because they were so excited with how it how it ended. They were, like, clapping loud. And Jay White kept saying, cheer. Cheer for me. He's like, come on. You you want to cheer for me? Cheer for Like, this villain has everyone. When you get them to do that. Yeah, dude. Like, Jay White has everyone eating out of the palm of his hands. The second everyone started saying, Jay White's got a point here. He won. He had all of you fuckers. He had me. Jay White's always had me. And uh, I mean, fuck, dude. Jay White is now the the champion of New Japan Pro Wrestling as they go into Forbidden Door. He's the main antagonist Insane. of New Japan. 
and he's honestly at this point bigger than New Japan because the announcers were putting it over too. This guy was an impact. This guy was in the undisputed with the undisputed elite in AW. He has his tendrils in every major promotion in North America outside of WWE. Hell, even in WWE, you can make the point too if you want to include AJ Styles and Finn Balor with them doing their their, their shit, whether they like it or not, whether WWE admits it or not. Jay White's a callus for them in a sense of what they're doing now. You, you, you kind of got got to go a long way to make that yeah. argument, but the Bullet Club history ties back. All I, I, roads I could, lead I could to make Jay White. Argument, dude. Make it. When, when, when the Bullet Club kind of went stagnant after the Elite left, no one mentioned anything about the Bullet Club. Jay White picked up the pieces, brought Bullet Club back to the main event scene, made some roster changes, and he got everyone wanting to ride the coattails of Bullet Club. So you had to bring AJ Styles and, and, and Finn Balor uh, together because of the through line of the Bullet Club. They always throw up the two sweet. If you see the two sweet, you either think NWO or Bullet Club. And they had to bring that back to capitalize on people clamoring for the Bullet Club being a big name again ever since Kenny and the Elite left. So I think that you honestly could make that argument that, Jay, again, JY got WWE to acknowledge the Bullet Club because it was a big thing in the world right now. It, it was it was the biggest thing outside of WWE back in the day when the elite were, were leading it. And it's the biggest thing in professional wrestling today again because of Jay White. So for that, you're welcome. Dude, and then here's the thing, man. We're hitting... You, you talked about how AEW needs... AEW's long overdue to pay back New Japan. There's no way yeah. you can fuck this up with New Japan heading into Forbidden Door. Forbidden Door... There's no faction that's more dominant right now than Bullet Club. Bullet Club has all the biggest straps in New Japan. They got the Undisputed Elite happening in AEW. I'm thinking that there's going to be some sleeper agents in AEW. And at the end, Jay White comes out and says, you know, since I was around here in America, I was talking to some of your boys, some that are unhappy, some that think they're not getting pride. They see what I can do. They see I have the gold. They see that we have the gold. And guess what? They want a part of it. They want to join the Bullet Club. They swore that oath for life, and guess what? Let me introduce you to them, and then ah. maybe some big names come out. You know? I don't my know. Fight, I don't my know, my, my headcanon is, for some reason, I think Jungle Boy would come out, and I could just see him wearing a Bullet Club shirt. If that happens, I'm, I'm a fantasy book it, whatever. I, there's I, no evidence of I, that, but just think. I was going to say, think God of the damn, possibilities. <laughs> I, I can't imagine that there'd be sleeper agents. It, it's not... It's not like a Hail Hydra moment, I don't think. I don't know, I don't man. Think, I, I can't think of anyone that would make logical sense to be part of Bullet Club from AEW. I think you have enough people already associated with Bullet Club and Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, the Young Bucks for now, and Adam Cole. I think that's fine. I think you just need to have a little bit of cookies in the jar, and those are those cookies. I mean, you only have Chris Bay in Impact and Ace Austin. It's only two people. They were two of the biggest bunch of people, people, though. They're... An impact. Yeah, they were big gets, but they weren't like, like I mean, besides Ace Austin being the X Division champion, they're not like the biggest names of. No, Bullet it's not, it's not like Moose in. or anything, or yeah, Sammy Callahan I, and stuff. I I think Bullet Club right now is at a very good amount of members doing very concise things in the wrestling world. I don't think you need another Splinter Cell of Bullet Club in in AEW. Again, you already have the affiliates of Cole, Riley, Bobby Fish, and. Of course, the Young Bucks for now until Kenny comes back, and then we can do Elite versus Bullet Club. That'll be awesome. Um, I I can't think of anyone that just kind of makes sense logically that would join 
Bullet Club and make it make it feel like it's a it's a big player move. When Chris Bay and Ace Austin joined, it was like, okay, I like these moves. Bullet Club gets I all really the like. They get all the things. Yeah, <laughs> they're the big. We're doing yeah. this bit now. Bullet Club, they're getting the big big dick shit. They're getting all the the it's, bad. It's bad about music. goddamn time because I'm all about Bullet Club supremacy, baby. I, I really am, am. I love I, Bullet Club. I, I think this is where New Japan comes and collects their due. And they get put over pretty damn strong. And like you, you but, said, you you made the argument that Bullet Club getting put over is the obvious choice. But sometimes the obvious choice is kind of the best choice of what you want to go with. Like, yeah, yeah, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not, I'm not disputing that. What I'm saying is, in, in matches where the winner was super up in the air, and this could have been a good moment to put over New Japan, they didn't. They put over AEW, and I get it. AEW is doing the booking. You got to have your guys look good. But you need to give New Japan some credit. And just because New Japan is going to win matches at Forbidden Door where it's obvious, that's not the same as giving them their due and putting New Japan over. It, it, you're, you're, doing the good, you're doing good by just doing what's obvious and what's right. And that's not a bad thing. I'm just saying, like, Will Ospreay and Aussie Open could have easily gone over FTR and Tremberetta. They could have, but they didn't. Uh, bring, bring it in... Uh, Takeshita, and it's not even New Japan right there, but bringing in Takeshita to have him lose, like, you could have given him a decent good match. I'm not saying have him go dude, over Hangman. That didn't make dude, sense. He, yeah, he had some decent good matches. I kind of disagree with that. Like, Takeshita came in. He's impressed. He got over. On Dark? Yeah, but... The only the, matches that he's been on... But the only matches he's been on TV was against Hangman and, and in the Battle Royal. And that you can't man, have him go hangman over Hangman. Man, I know you can't have him go over, but did he not look good? Did he not look great? Like, I thought that... I thought that yeah, match great, said, but to, said but a to, lot of what, but like, to, to the casual viewer, it said a lot to what you need to know about. Takesha. No, it didn't. To me, it to, did. to the sorry, to the casual sorry, viewer, it, it, it shows feeding time. You're gonna hear it in the background. God damn it! To the casual viewers, it was like, oh, this was cool, but I mean, it's just another Hangman win here. It was never a doubt of like to catch the win. Uh, like it was never a doubt of Hangman going over and winning. No, but. I know, but I think the point was to make him look strong, which I think they did. I th I thought so, and I'll stick to that opinion. And if we disagree, agree to disagree. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. I I I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was there live for it. I loved it. But yeah. I it's time for New Japan to have real big wins that really matter. And, I agree, and, and, and I think carry this is weight. Where, I think this is where it happens in, in Forbidden but, Door. But we don't have the final card yet. But as it starts, I to know, take shape, but. We'll make our picks, but, but yeah. But but my big argument, my biggest argument is like, you need to have the 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 result not be such a shoe in. If you put Jay White against fucking Jungle Boy, of course Jay White has to win. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like, but that but that's but that's not doing right by New Japan because you're trying to build good faith with them. That's doing right by them because that's obviously good booking. You need to have matches that carry weight, carry implications. And you need to put over New Japan because it's the right thing to do. Like that—that's that, all I'm saying. Like you're again, you're uh, the the best example I give is you're not gonna have Jungle Boy go over JY. You're not gonna have uh, five. Uh, you're not gonna have Alan Angels go over JY. Even though I love you, Alan, you're you're the best. Um, you're, you're not gonna have that no, happen. No, 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 like, no. It, I, yeah, I don't even think those are feasible cards. But like. For example, the two matches that we have the biggest implications are right now, at least one for sure, Mox and Tanahashi. Mox is winning that match because Mox is also Easy. attached to New Japan. But yeah. he, he's going to put over – Tanahashi is going to look strong in that match coming down. They're going to put on a bar burner 100%. Now, I hope Hangman Adam Page has a match with Jay White with no shenanigans and no Adam Cole. 
and Adam Page gets his shit rocked. Like, I want him to get, not even in a squash, but just get abused and get, like, mentally beaten by Jay White and then lose, like, almost decisively. Like, this is your former world champ, and this is Jay White. Like, the disparity between the two is such a huge gulf that it's just, like, it's fifth-grade T-ball versus New York Yankees. And a lot of it would have to do with the mind games that Jay White's going to be playing with Adam Page as a person and a wrestler. Because that's, that's I, a big thing with Adam, with uh, Jay White. I, I would love to bring back Hangman's storyline of, you know, he, he's a solid man with, with, with a good heart. And he's not going to betray his morals to win. But he has a poison I would love him, for like Tanahashi. No, 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 no. <laughs> Don't even. That's stupid. That's old. That's dumb. Get over that. It already happened. Get no, over I'm, it. I'm going to keep um, hammering that. I, I would love for Jay White to show Hangman what it really means, uh, like, it, it, where it takes you once you say, fuck having convictions, fuck having a good heart, you're winning because you're going to win. I would love for Jay White to beat that lesson in a Hangman at Forbidden Door. Hangman lost the title because he couldn't betray his who, who he is at the end of the day. You know, Hangman has to go to sleep with Hangman, and he wouldn't be able to sleep with the fact that he cheated to retain his title. Jay White doesn't give a fuck. Jay White will cheat. Jay White will beat your ass clean. He's going to do whatever he needs to do to to make sure that at the end of the day, he still has everything he wants, and that's that's gold. So if he beats that lesson in a hangman at Forbidden Door, I think that'd be an amazing storyline to, to carry over. I, I think that's one of the – that'd be amazing. Don't put Adam Cole in there. Fuck that. I don't need that. That would just be watering it down. Give this match – have this match be a lesson that Jay White has to physically beat into Hangman Adam Page. I agree. I think that's good too. And so far, yeah. we don't really have much of a Forbidden Door card right now. I'm actually gonna look this up the, to see how it's taking the, shape. Well, the the only other match that's on the card at all is the uh, the four way match for the inaugural AEW All Atlantic Championship, and that's gonna be hey. uh, the winner of Pack versus Malachi Black taking on. Um, uh, or it's going to be Pac taking on the winner of Malachi Black and Pento Oscuro versus the winner of Miro versus Ethan Page and versus a New Japan representative because they're going to have a match with two wrestlers from New Japan and whoever wins that will be the final fourth man in that four-way for the AEW All-Atlantic Championship. Yeah, and we're also looking at presumably... Uh... Zack Saber and Danielson. Zack Saber and Danielson. I really hope the main event isn't a tag tag match with uh, Okada and no, Page. no, 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 no. They they they've already confirmed that Moxley and Tanahashi is main eventing. Okay, but I hope that the Jay White match isn't a tag match with him oh, and God, Pat I know. versus Page and Okada because I know you, they like to do that. But I I, I would you need, I would you want need, Jay White I, versus Hangman Page. Yeah, I I want to see both. Top titles defended and give Okada, in, in, in Okada a, versus in a, Cole in a cross promotion in a cross promote. No, fuck that. Don't even give Okada versus Cole. I don't want to see that. Fuck that. Fucking feed, garbage. fucking feed Cole to Okada. I'm happy with it. I mean, I mean, it's, it'd be cool, but I want to see Okada have a great fucking match with someone. I don't want to see. I don't want to be bored during an a, an Adam Cole and Okada match. I don't think Adam Cole would have a bad match with Okada. I'd be bored because I'm tired of seeing Adam Cole because he's gonna. He's going to do his six moves, his drop kick, his lariats, his uh his his what does he call it? The Panama Sunrise, the boom, the super kick, and then he's going to call for interference by either the Bucks or Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. They're going to hit a move on Okada. Okada's going to kick out. Okada's going to hit a fucking rainmaker and then he's going to win. It's so black and white blueprint. I don't need to see that. <laughs> Okada shouldn't be coming to the states for a fucking 
a low-hanging fruit match with Adam Cole. I, I, I think Okada's way above that. Give him something else to do. I can't even think of what to do, of what to give him, but don't give him Adam Cole. I don't want to see Adam Cole versus Okada. The, the, I really the don't. only respectable way I can see New Japan getting put over is JY beats the shit out of Hangman. That's the biggest one. And if United Empire beats FTR and Rapongi Vice, uh, freaking John Moxley is going to beat Tanahashi. We still have some unnamed matches probably. But the new put, whoever the new Japan is, put person, Zach Saber, put Zack Saber over Danielson. One hundred percent, that's it. Yep, I, I I want I want that too. And the new uh, Japan person, you, depending we, who it is, I, if it's Sonata, fuck, give me Sonata and hope let let him take we, the the All Atlantic Championship. We know Danielson. He said it before. He doesn't have very much longer in the sport because he's a family man. He wants to be their first family. He's enjoying what time he's gotten back, coming back from that career threatening injury, uh, with his brain. I think that this is a perfect time to pass on the torch, quote-unquote, to Zack Sabre Jr., who's been putting in the work. I think he should have been Okada a couple months ago, but that's neither here nor there at this point. I agree with um, that, too. I thought that was a time to strike I, on Zack Sabre, but they didn't. And I, I think you just let Danielson really put over Zack Sabre Jr. in a fucking technical master class of a match. That's going to have that's gonna be match of the year potential from the get. Oh, 100%, dude. <laughs> Shit, we didn't even talk about the G1 either. Oh yeah, they they announced the G1. Uh, I guess that I guess I could be our, our our little ending bit. Um, but yeah, they announced the the G1, the the annual summer tournament, with the winner getting a shot at the uh, IWGP Heavyweight Championship. And this year they're doing it a little bit different. This is real old, like two thousands feel. Uh, normally they have two different blocks, an A and a B block, and it's a round robin style. Everyone faces everyone in those blocks, and the two winners of the A and the B block meet in the grand finals to uh, crown a G1 climax thirty uh, G1 climax winner. This year, however, again they're going old school. They're gonna have four blocks of seven people. Fucking insane, an insane way to do this. Um, they have over. What what's what's four times seven? I can't do math. Four times seven. Yeah, I can't do math. My twenty-eight. Okay, twenty-eight. Yeah, twenty-eight people across four blocks. Oh, that's right here. Like the biggest field ever. Oh. <laughs> twenty-eight was announced. That's funny. Uh, and, and the top point scorer in each block will advance to a semifinals before the finals on August eighteenth in uh in the Nippon Budokan, a, 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 an amazing wrestling hall. Um, here are your entrants. Very excited for all of these. You have Kazuchika Okada, of course. Uh, it's going to be his 11th entry and 11th consecutive uh, G1, which is crazy to think about. Hiroshi Tanahashi, his 21st consecutive title, or G1. Uh, Tetsuya Naito, his 13th consecutive. Hiroki Goto, 15th consecutive. Tama Tonga, Shingo Takagi. Chase Owens, Bad Luck Fale, Yujiro Takahashi, Evil. Tom Lawler, a fucking debut entry. Filthy fucking Tom Lawler is going to be, and I'm so excited. He's the former strong openweight champion uh, for New Japan Strong here in the States. Uh, you got Juice Robinson, Jonah, who's making his G1 debut, formerly known as uh, uh, Bronson Reed in NXT. You got Yoshihashi, Toru Yano, Tomohiro Ishii, the Stone Pitbull, Nathan's little Mark boy. Oh, uh, I, I know he loves Ishii. I love Ishii. Uh, Jeff Cobb, Great O'Conn, Will Ospreay. Aaron Hanare, 
Sonata, Jay White, Kenta, El Phantasmo, Taichi, Zack Sabre Jr., David Finley uh, from the New Japan LA Dojo, and AEW's own Lance Archer. All, all 28 of these men are set for the G1, one of the most grueling, physically demanding tournaments in New Japan, and I'm very excited for it. I, I wanted a little more AEW representation, but I get it. Injuries, uh, committing a whole summer, a whole late summer's worth of dates for New Japan. I get it. it it's it's fine. I was never going to see Danielson in a G1 this year. Um, uh, hopefully he has a few more years, and hopefully he can get into a G1 before the end of his career, but we'll see about that. We should do a bracket for it. I've done a bracket before where like we each pit like 10 bucks you know we had like five ten people 10 bucks and whoever wins i ain't paying you shit no but like we like almost like a fantasy football bracket for g1 the only thing is it gets kind of sloppy because it's not like an eliminator tournament it's all round robin so it's gonna be a lot of fucking picks yeah i know but (laughs) yeah that'd be fun that'd be that'd be a fun little thing to do and do like weekly updates on the show that'd be cool yeah let's see if we can try to get that if not and we'll just give you weekly updates on the show <laughs> about it. But exactly. as we get G1, close, yeah, go ahead, Kyle. G, the G one is something I follow very closely. I love that tournament. One of the best tournaments in all of professional wrestling. It is very the be- excited it, no, for it. it is the best tournament in pro wrestling. I mean, I think oh, there, there, so there might be like one in startup that I can't even remember the name of it. But um, yes, definitely up there. Uh, man, also and New Japan is going to have a stardom cross promotion later this year too. So a lot of good wrestling on the horizon, man. Like I said, WWE just in the rear view right now <laughs> for me. Yeah, but but the, but they're also making the most money out of any of these promotions we talk about. <laughs> yeah, you know, Cardi B makes more money than Pearl Jam, but that doesn't mean she's a better you know musician. Whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good. That's fucking good. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good little comparison right there. And uh, man, we've talked a lot about wrestling today. I know, man. A, like, I, that, by the way, that, folks, this, go, okay, let, me, let me finish this real quick, folks. As we get closer to Forbidden Door, we're gonna be again narrowing down the story points that we think that AEW is gonna go with. I I tend to believe that AEW is gonna pay its dividends off to New Japan here, and if it doesn't happen, then that that's a very big missed bullet, and I'd be kind of upset about it. But we'll we'll, we'll see how this we'll see how this goes. Because I'm with Kyle. Like, I believe that they're gonna do it, but if they don't, I'll, 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 you're going to have two Kyles. And it's going to be Kyle missing the marks or Kyle and Kyle because we're both going to be bitter and angry about wrestling. <laughs> if anyone hates wrestling, it's wrestling fans. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely us. I know, man. Sometimes like but, we, we, we just want to be so much in the know that we forget the ride. We just got to let ourselves ride. I enjoy the ride, but sometimes I'm going to call you out for your stupid fucking ride that you're giving me. Thanks, Britt Baker and Adam Cole, you fucking marks. Not being a good bus driver. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, just, I they just need to win off on Britt Baker and Adam Cole for me a this, little bit. This might be the the most wrestling we've talked about in any one of these episodes. We didn't spit silly for very for very long, and we actually talked about a lot of wrestling for once. New Japan, Insane. New Japan gave us that bug, man. Like it's, it's just, oh, this, is I know. A, this is a Jay White podcast now. <laughs> I love it. Oh, hell yeah. Send us on home, baby. I think I think we're good. All right, everybody. I want to thank you once again for joining us on another episode of Missing the Marks with your host Kyle and soon to be Kyle. Uh if this happens, what? If New Japan happens again. Kyle What? Did you say Kyle and soon to be Kyle? Yeah, because if New Japan if Forbidden Door is not is 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 a boogie in terms of AEW not paying them off, then I'm gonna be bitter like you. We're gonna have two Kyles oh, on here. Hell yeah. Uh, as always, everybody, you can find us on all streaming services, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, 
um, YouTube. Well, YouTube exclusively has our interviews up. I don't think we we don't upload our our stuff there anymore except our interviews. So if you want to see our, our beautiful mug, our actually our ugly mugs, and all the beautiful people that we interview, you can go check them out there. Uh, Avery Bro, Chip Garrison, Brooke Havoc, and Alan Angels. We all got those interviews up. We're hoping to have another interview soon with some familiar faces. Uh, it's been a while, but you know. We're, we're always looking to meet new people and talk to new people. So, if any any new people that listen, some of you, I, I think we got a couple uh, wrestlers that are in training or at least making the runs on the indies and stuff. If y'all want to come up here and chat with us, we'd love to talk to you. We're not going to be a boring interview. Go watch our other interviews, man. Everyone has fun. Go ask them. Go ask them about us. You know, we we we, we just come up here and we 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 don't talk boogies. We talk we talk good stuff. We talk limb biscuits, nookie. We talk. We don't talk boogies. Yeah, we talk about the <laughs> the chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water. Cause I'm a big Limp Biscuit fan. <laughs> I, I, I'm a John. So, someone's getting me with John Silver, cause I just want to talk to him. I don't care how much money, uh, I gotta give him to t- talk to me. <laughs> I'll get a pack of Topo Chicos and me and him. We'll get drunk and talk about Limp Biscuit for two hours, and I'll be the happiest person in the world. I don't care how much money I have to give him just to talk to me. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, it's fucking hilarious, dude. <laughs> well, hey, oh, I, man. W- I want these wrestlers to know that they, their, their time, baby. We respect their time. We love them. Oh, yeah. Oh, we love man. Em. I mean, I mean, I mean, go if you, if you, if you're hesitant to talk to, talk to us, just ask any of the people we've had on. I've, at least from what they've told me to my face, they've said that they've had fun and enjoyed talking with us. Go ask them. Maybe they'll tell you something different. I don't know. But I I am very proud of how we've had interviews and, and, and the, 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 the quote-unquote small friendships we've made through them. Uh, again, the Alan Angels interview one was such a fun one for me. I, I can't believe how fast that interview went. Yeah, like, like oh, well, like, you know, we're just not... It wasn't a, a typical interview. It was like a conversation, and we got we 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 got told that we we're normal people <laughs> who know how to talk and have a conversation. <laughs> so come talk to us. I'll talk to you about Bill, I'll talk to you about Bill Miller's. Marks. I'll talk to you about Bill Miller's chicken or uh, the uh, ones he gives you shit or uh, Imodium or Prozac. Prilosec. <laughs> <laughs> Pri- Pri- Let's talk about the new Dragon Ball Z movie. You know, Dragon Dragon Ball Super. I'll talk Limp Biscuit, John Silver. John Silver, baby, get, I got some, I'll, buy, I'll DoorDash you some Topo Chicos for you and everyone. Where are we? Room. Where, where are we on the outro? Where were we? Where did you leave off? I'm in, I'm in John Silver's DMs. That's where I'm at. Uh, <laughs> you dork. I'm not even promoting this podcast anymore. I'm promoting friendship. That's what I'm doing. I'm promoting friendship. Hell yeah, dog. Go out, make some new friends, talk wrestling. Don't be a boogie. Don't be a dork. Don't be a goofy boogie. Uh, a fucky, that, a fucky, that, that, a fucky wucky. Don't be a fucky wucky. <laughs> <laughs> a oingo boingo. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's all. That's all. That's all I got for me, dog. Yeah, that, that's that's all I got, baby. You know, again, find us on all streaming services. We're here every Monday for your listening pleasure. Whenever you decide to listen to us, I don't know. Some of y'all, some of y'all listen to us like at two in the morning. That's good. You work overnight. You're getting that money. Making sure this country runs strong. Making sure the global supply chain is kept up to date. You're doing. Lord's work. I just wish these rich assholes behind closed doors paid y'all more. You know, I want to see y'all glow up. Yeah, fucking get them. Fucking hammer them. All right, people. We will talk to you next week again. Thank you so much for joining us. This is always a labor of love. I love doing this podcast so much. Nathan, I'll talk to you next week, bud. I'll talk to you after this podcast is over. Me and your guys. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? I got to keep up the illusion, dog, and the illusion for the people. We don't have kayfabe here. 
What's yeah, that's true. Fuck kayfabe. What's kayfabe? <laughs> What's, kayfabe? What's a baby face? <laughs> All right. Talk to you next week, people. Love you.